Welcome, everyone. So good to have all of you joining us, whether you're joining us online or in one of our churches. We are so glad because we're in our second part of our conversation entitled, Don't Take the Bait. And if you weren't with us for last week's conversation, I would encourage you to go back and watch or listen, because last week we learned that your life is too short and your purpose too great to live offended. Life's just way too short to waste a day stewing away over a slight. Like you cost yourself what matters the most when you choose to live offended and carry a grudge from things that get like under your skin and just make you so angry. But today, to get us started, I want you to think about this question. Why is forgiveness so difficult? Because see, the truth is, sometimes it's not difficult. There are times when I can forgive quickly and move on, but there are other times when forgiveness is just difficult and painful. It's excruciating, it's demanding, it just feels impossible. Well, today, we wanna talk about one primary reason why forgiveness is difficult for many of us. And it's rooted in an emotion that we all have. It's the emotion of anger. Now. Let me begin by saying, anger is not inherently bad. It actually is a God-given emotional response that's a sign or kind of like a warning light to tell you that something needs your attention. So it's not necessarily that anger is always bad, but it's how we handle this emotion that makes all the difference. Because see, the truth is, we're going to all get angry. That's going to happen. We are human. We're going to get triggered. But if we're not careful, it's very easy to fall into the trap of living angry. Now, here's the thing. I probably don't even need to tell you this because we all know what this is like. But living angry, it, it just gets us caught up in our emotions. And here's how it gets us caught up in our emotions. Whenever we don't get our way or we're denied what we think is rightfully ours or somebody doesn't do for us what we wanted them to do. And when we get hurt, wronged or wounded, it is so easy to get caught into the trap of living angry. But here's the thing. When you live angry, you never pause to question your anger. In fact, what you do, you think of every righteous reason why you deserve to feel angry. In fact, Brant Hansen put it this way in his book, Unoffendable. He says, we humans, we are expert at casting ourselves as victims and rewriting narratives that put us in the center of injustice. Now, here's the thing. There are true injustices. And some of you have been deeply wrong or wounded. So I don't in any way want to minimize that as we start this conversation. I don't want to minimize your pain, your hurt, the wrong that has been done toward you. But here's the thing we need to understand. Anger does not help us solve or heal anything. Anger, all it does, it just drives deeper the feeling of victimization. And that feeling of victimization, what it does is it begins to create this debt-debtor relationship between you and the other person. In other words, the other person you're angry at because you feel like they owe you something. And maybe deservedly so. But there is this outstanding debt in your mind that accompanies your anger. And that debt, it comes from the fact that whenever you're hurt or you're offended or you're mistreated, the person who hurt you, they took something from you in a very, very real sense. In fact, let me just give you some obvious examples. 
See, if someone leaves you to pay a bill that they should have paid, it makes you angry because they owe you. In this case, it's a monetary debt and they owe you money. But in the same thing is true, like whenever your boss makes a decision to benefit himself or herself at your expense, there's this debt there because you feel like he or she owes you to do the right thing, to put your interest and the company's interest above their own. Or if as a kid, maybe your parents got a divorce and that can create anger inside of you because you felt like they owed it to you to stay together. They robbed you of the chance to be tucked in bed at night by a mom and a dad. They took your sense of security from you. Or maybe if you've been through a divorce and your spouse came to you and they said, I'm leaving, I I want out. You know exactly what that debt-debtor relationship feels like because there's a sense in which they robbed you of your first marriage. They robbed you of the opportunity to stay in love, to be happy together forever. They took one of your dreams away from you. See, whenever you find yourself angry, you will find a debt-debtor relationship, which is why you feel and it's why you often say, they owe me and they need to make it up, or they owe me, and they better pay it back, or they owe me. They owe me an apology, and I'm not going to let this go until they make it right. So what anger does, it creates an outstanding debt between you and another person. And here's what happens way too many times with this. We got angry with a person in our past. And we think that we can keep that anger isolated to that one person back in our past. Like it won't seep out into any other relationships. So what we do is we carry that debt and that anger with us for a period of time. But here's what happens. The longer we carry that anger along, the further from the initial source of the anger that you get. And before you know it, you're carrying the anger from one month to the next, then one year to the next, from one stage of life to the next season of life. And anger is just suddenly spilling out on all of your relationships because you can't isolate it. You can't hide what's inside of you forever. And see, because you're caught in that trap of living anger, angry, what you do is you find yourself being irrationally mad at people because they said this or they did that, and they're thinking, wait just a minute. All I said was this. Why did you explode like that? All I did was this. Like, why did that trigger such a strong response in you? But the reason was, You were angry way back here before you ever met them here, before you ever started working there, before you ever dated them, before you ever married them, and without realizing what's happened because you're caught in the trap of living angry. You become caught in that trap, and you're carrying anger from one season to the next season. And now you're blaming people who cannot even solve your problem, who can't close that account because that account It was not even with them. But you know what the reality is? You've lost sight of all of that. And that anger, it's trapped you now. And it's taken over your heart. And it's showing up in all of your relationships. Now, here's the good news. See, because this emotion is so dangerous, God gives us some very specific and some very practical instructions with what to do with the, in, with the anger that we're all going to inevitably feel at some time in our life. 
And so today what we're going to do, we're going to read just a little portion from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in AD 62 while he is sitting, don't miss this, while he's sitting in a Roman prison cell, not because he's committed any kind of crime, but simply because he shared his faith. So the Apostle Paul, he knew what it meant to be hurt and to be mistreated. He, he knew what injustice felt like, and, and I have no doubt that he knew what it felt like to deal with anger. So in this passage, he says, if you find yourself getting offended easily, if you find yourself losing your temper often, if you just have this short fuse or you like every, act like everything is fine, but just below the surface, there's these strong emotions simmering inside, or if you tend to be like negative and critical about people in circumstances, that is all just a sign that you are caught in the trap of living angry and anger has taken over your heart. So what he says you need to do is you need to make some adjustments and it's a pretty major adjustment. So if that's you, pay attention because here's the solution to your anger. Now this is found in Ephesians chapter four, beginning in verse 31. Here's what the apostle Paul writes. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. So what do you do with anger? The apostle Paul says, you get rid of it all. So you're saying, the apostle Paul's saying, you just want me to get rid of it? Yes, that's what he's saying. And you might be thinking, well, that's just so insensitive. You, you don't even know my story. Let, let me explain what they did to me and how unfair that was. And you'd stop telling me to just get rid of it. But the Apostle Paul, I think, if he was talking to you or talking to me, he would say, you know, I'll listen to your story, but I'm not going to tell you it's okay for you to carry anger in your heart and let you blame people and your circumstances because your anger is not even about those. Your, your anger is about you and what your anger is doing to your heart and your relationships and to you and your life. So the Apostle Paul says, you need to get rid of all your anger. Don't even leave a little slice of it in your heart. Because here's the thing, it's not just hurting other people, it's changing you into a person that you do not want to be. Which is why basically what he's saying here, when he says, I want you to get rid of all anger, he's saying, I want you to treat the emotion of anger like you do the garbage in your house. I want you to toss it. I want you to get rid of the anger. I want you to get all the rid of the bitterness. I just want you to put it all in a dumpster. Just take your anger and your rage and your bitterness and you roll it down the street and you let the trash company haul it away. Just get rid of it. Here's why. Because your unresolved anger, it is way too dangerous. It is way too poisonous to fail to clean out every drop of it that hits your heart. Now, here's what I know that you're thinking at this point. But that's not easy because they owe me. And I'm with you. I've been there. Which is why this next statement that the Apostle Paul makes is so important because in verse 32, he says, instead of being angry, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Now, Here's what this sounds like to most of you when you hear the Apostle Paul say that if you're angry and you're struggling with forgiveness. This just sounds ridiculous, right? 
Like, this is ridiculous after what happened to you. I'm just supposed to extend kindness and compassion to the person who wronged me? And the apostle Paul says, yeah. And you go, but that's not fair. They, they don't deserve it at all. He goes, but that's what I want you to do. And you go, that's not easy. And he's acting like it's easy. Like, you're talking like this is no more difficult than rolling my trash bin to the street and letting it go. And, and it's so much more complicated than that. I can't forgive, much less be kind and compassionate, forgiving them. Now, here's what I know. None of us, none of us when we're angry, want to hear about forgiveness. But I'm going to tell you, this is what the Apostle Paul is telling us. Forgiveness is the only way to get rid of anger. It, it is the only way to escape living in the trap of anger. See, the Apostle Paul says the solution to your anger, it's not to count to 10. It's not to avoid the person who hurt you. It's not to bottle it up or spew your anger back on them. It's not to take like a deep breath and think these happy thoughts. I mean, those are techniques that can help you manage your behavior when you get angry in that moment, but they don't resolve your anger. The only solution for resolved anger is this. Being fast to forgive is the only way to escape the trap of living angry. See, as soon as you start feeling anger, the bitterness, the rage in your heart, what the Apostle Paul says, you immediately respond by giving like these unlimited doses of forgiveness. Now, some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, I tried that. It just didn't work for me. I must be stuck because of all the emotions. They just keep coming back. It just didn't work. Maybe, maybe I don't have enough courage to do it. Besides, I don't even want to forgive them because it's just going to let the other person off the hook. But here's the reality. If you feel that way, it's because we oftentimes get confused about what forgiveness really is. Remember we said that Whenever there's this outstanding debt between you and another person, what it does is it creates this feeling of anger and I don't want to release it and I don't want to let it go, much less forgive them. But here is the reality. Forgiveness simply means you cancel the debt. Like they legitimately owe you, but you're saying, I'm going to cancel the debt. You're saying, I'm not going to keep holding that against you anymore. You don't owe me anymore. I'm letting you off the hook. That's what you're saying. And here's the thing. If you don't let them off the hook, what will happen is this. You will keep being more angry all the time. And it'll destroy your life. But if you do let them off the hook, what happens is you begin to avoid the wreckage that anger is going to cause in your heart for years and years to come. Besides, here's the thing. In most cases, man, they can't even pay you back for what they took away. Like, how can someone who lied about you restore the reputation and the trust that they took from you? They, they can't. Or how can your spouse go back and change what they did to break your heart? I mean, they just can't. 
How, how can that X makes things right? I mean, it's impossible. They can't go back in time and be where they should have been or do what they should have done. That's why the best remedy for anger isn't payback. It's to be fast to forgive because payback is impossible anyway. Now, if you're kind of pushing back on that thinking and you're saying, yeah, but you don't understand. My situation is so different, and if you knew my story, then you wouldn't tell me to forgive. Well, listen to the rest of this whole thing that the Apostle Paul says. He says, I want you to forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, the Apostle Paul, he asks us here in this last statement when he says, I want you to forgive just as in Christ God forgave you. He's asking us all to pause and remember how God forgave us. What price did his forgiveness cost? It cost the life of his son, Jesus. And think about this. What limits did God place on that forgiveness? None, other than our willingness to accept it. So how did God forgive you? Completely, fully, and freely. He paid the price for all the wrongs that you and I ever did against him or other people. He took that on himself. So now the Apostle Paul says, I want you to turn around and I want you to forgive those dark hurts, those deep wounds, those devastating pains, the way that God forgave yours. Now you talk about owing someone. You and I, we owe God our lives. We owe a sin debt so great it was impossible for us to pay. But while we were still in our rebellion against God, he said, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to send my one and only son to die on the cross to pay the debt that you can't. I'm choosing to cancel the debt freely and give you forgiveness. Listen, that is God's story of hurt and pain. And the Apostle Paul says, God was fast to forgive you. Now you should be fast to forgive others. Now here's what I realize. I realize it's a lot easier for me to tell you to do this than for it is actually to do it. So let me just give you some practical steps that you can take as you process forgiving the people who've hurt you. The first step now, it may seem a little silly, but it's not. It's very important. Here's the first step. You identify with whom you are angry. Like you need to make a list of all the people who have hurt, mistreated, taken advantage of you. And you might even say, but that was just such a long time ago. It still matters because you're not trying to forget the debt. We're trying to cancel it. And that's far different than just putting something behind you and avoiding it. So who are the people that you have this outstanding debt with? Who are those people that have, I should say, who have an outstanding debt with you? Like, who do you secretly and imaginally have conversations with? Like, who do you hope that you never, ever see in your life again? Who, who would you like to see fail or, or get paid back for what they did to you? Like, who still creates emotion in you when you hear their name or you see their face? Take time this week. And poke around inside your past, whether it's family or former friends or ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or ex-spouse. It may even be a deceased parent. 
It may be a previous coworker or a coach or a teacher. And here's what I know. Identifying with whom you are angry, I mean, it can take a while. And, and some of the things that might come to your mind may seem a little silly, but don't ignore that. Make the effort to make a list. Then the second step is this. Determine what they owe you. Now, the reason this is important is you need to forgive specific debts, not general ones. So, you know what the person did, but you need to figure out exactly what they took from you. What did they take from you? Did they take a job? Did they take a promotion, reputation, money, time, your marriage, a relationship? Do they owe you an apology? Do they owe you an explanation? Like, what do they owe you back for what they took from you? Now, here's the thing. You were not ready to forgive until you know exactly what they owe you. Because, see, general forgiveness never heals specific hurts. So determine what they owe you. And then the third step is this. You cancel the debt. Now, this just means you find a way to meaningfully and tangibly mark the moment and remind yourself they don't owe you anymore. Now, this doesn't mean that you even have to tell them that you've forgiven them unless they ask. In fact, in most cases, it's best not to rehash all those things. In some cases, it's impossible, but you need to find a way to make it real that you have canceled the debt against them. They don't owe you any more. And then the final step is keep the account closed. Now, I just want you to know, this one here is often the most difficult and so difficult that we're going to spend the next week talking about how to do this. But just to kind of give you a quick explanation of what we're saying and what we mean by keep the account closed is you're just going to have to make a daily decision that you're not going to keep reopening the account. Next week, we're going to talk about how you can do that. Because those feelings, they're never immediately going to follow your decision to forgive. So it won't be long until you're reminded of that hurt again, and then all of those memories are going to be triggered, and you're going to be tempted to either get angry again or just try to ignore that. And here's the thing you need to know, neither one of those things work. The best thing to do is face those memories, feel the emotions, and then simply remind yourself they don't owe you anymore. You choose to forgive. That's how you escape the trap of living angry and keeping it from wrecking your life and your relationships. You learn to keep short accounts and you be fast to forgive. And no, it is not easy to do. But how long do you plan on carrying this offense? How long do you plan on carrying this anger with you? Seriously, how long is long enough? A year? Five years? Ten years? The rest of your life? There's just no point in that because you're just hurting yourself more and more the longer you carry it. So do the hard work this week and probably for a few weeks of identifying who owes you. Figure out what they owe or who hurt you and then what they owe you and then cancel that debt and then make the commitment that you're going to keep it closed and come back next week and, and we'll show you how to do that. And as you learn to do this, just begin to develop the habit of being fast to forgive. Because here's the thing, payback, it's never the best remedy for your anger. Forgiveness is. And that's a decision that you will never regret in the long run. Now, if all this still seems impossible, you're absolutely right. It's not possible by your own power. 
It's only possible by the power of Jesus and his forgiveness in your life. Because here's the thing. Anger is extraordinarily easy, and it's our default setting. Love is very difficult. Love that forgives is a miracle. See, you can't fully extend forgiveness to others unless you first experience the miracle of God's forgiveness of you. So as we close, if you're with us today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you have an incredible opportunity in this point. If you want to be free of the trap of living anger, angry, the place to start is by embracing the forgiveness that God is offering you. God's not angry at you. He's canceled your debt on the cross when Jesus Christ died and gave his life and shed his blood to pay for your sin. So the question is, will you take him up on his offer and put your faith in Jesus? And I just want to give you that opportunity to accept God's forgiveness, maybe for the very first time, so that, that you can be fast to forgive others as God has forgiven you. So if you will, with every head bowed and every eye closed at all of our churches, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sin, I want to invite you to receive his forgiveness by praying this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Will you just say these words? Say, Jesus, today I receive your forgiveness for all of my sin. I ask you to come in my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. God, I'm also asking, as you give me this gift of forgiveness and this new relationship of being in a right standing with you, I'm asking that you'll help me begin to feel forgiven so that I can give the same kind of forgiveness to those who have wronged me and hurt me that you have given to me. If you just prayed that prayer, please let us know. Take that Connect card that was in your worship guide that you received and let us know. If you're watching online, you can go to our app and you can let us know through our app on the Connect card there. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make, not only because it frees you from all the wounds and hurts by being able to forgive others, but I'm telling you, it makes your life better and makes you so much better at life when you're walking with Jesus. So thank you for praying that prayer with us. And now as an act of celebrating Jesus and the forgiveness that we received, I, I want to invite all of you as we close out our time to take communion with us. Communion, see, is the celebration of Jesus going to the cross and dying to pay the price to cover our sin debt that was to him. So I'm going to pray for us. And then before you eat the bread that represents his body that was broken for us, and you drink the juice that represents his blood that was shed for us to cover and pay for all of our sin, I want you to spend some time reflecting on how much it cost Jesus to cover your sin with love. And then all of us, ask Jesus to help you be fast to forgive those who have sinned against you. And if you're struggling with forgiving, ask him to help you feel his forgiveness so that you can be fast to forgive. And I just want to say, for those of you who received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, make this your first act of, act of thanking God for his amazing gift of forgiveness. So let me pray for us before we take communion together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this moment where we get to pause and reflect on how much we have been forgiven and how much our forgiveness 
cost you. God, it's just overwhelming that you, instead of getting angry at us and trying to destroy us because of our sins and our wrongs against you, you came to us and you took on our sin debt. You took care of all the anger on yourself towards sin so that we could be free and in a right relationship with you. Thank you so much for this amazing gift that we get to celebrate of your forgiveness and a right relationship, a right standing with you as our Heavenly Father. Help us as we eat the bread and drink the juice to begin to feel your forgiveness at a whole new level, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today, especially in these final moments of just celebrating the forgiveness that we've all received. And our prayer for you this week is that you will begin to feel the forgiveness of God toward you so that you can live out that forgiveness and be fast to forgive others this coming week. Hey, we pray that you have a great week. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week for conversation number three of Don't Take the Bait.